Welcome everybody to the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your co-host Hannah. And I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. And welcome everybody. Happy Halloween of the month of spoopy stuff out in the world. You know, all that fun stuff. And uh, this will be our 16th episode of a podcast. At the time of his recording, the Grievous episode hasn't been uploaded. Still currently editing it because... Normally, with uh, recording each episode of a podcast, it's done bi-weekly, you know, just to give us time to digest and plan for future um, episodes, do all that research, that editing, all that fun stuff. And, you know, I I actually have a life working as a security <laughs> guard, so uh, I don't exactly have entire days to fully edit a podcast, unlike most content creators on YouTube. But anyway, um, so a quick update for our Patreon. Um, as I mentioned before in the previous episode, we have uh, Valkorion as our Patreon art piece <sighs> for anybody that contributes $10 to the Patreon page. And you could join our podcast for any tier as low as $3 and as high as $10. You will be guaranteed to be a member of our Discord community. You could find us on patreon.com slash canmail. It's patreon.com slash canmail. I know it's very simple, but that's easier to find for uh, a podcast such as this. Um, let's see. Uh, any other updates? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, at the time of his recording, the Tales of a Jedi is going to be on Disney Plus in, in next week from now. Actually, in a few days. In as a few of, days. As of the time of this recording, it's coming out in two days. I, for one, am fucking excited. Yeah. I did hear news, though, that people are complaining about the runtime of the episodes. Yeah, from what I've seen from uh, Eckhart's letter, he's a, a, a huge Star Wars YouTuber. Um, he does a lot of... Uh, he does the occasional lore tad bits, but I think one of his more popular videos is uh, copy, uh, covering of the... Uh, the uh, copyright claims that disney does and all that fun stuff but that's not related to star wars <laughs> um he did post on insta not instagram uh twitter the runtime of each episode which is like 14 to 18 minutes somewhere around there somewhere around like it it's they're not gonna be longer than 20 minutes yeah which i for one think that's fine yeah you know it's better than like a little lego short which is only what 10 minutes long that is true yes I think that's fine. It's it's not like a full length episode like the Clone Wars is. No, it's not. It's it's sweet and short. That's, but I like that. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I never got to mention this on the uh, podcast. I was saving that for later. But I joking uh, when I was looking at a trailer for the first time, and when Ahsoka was approaching what we assumed to be an Ock, um, an Ackle, an Ackle. Sorry, um, I jokingly uh, said to myself. If they don't leave Ahsoka's grandmother in the woods, I'm going to lose all faith in humanity. Because, you know, that was a joke between us with the triggered, yeah, the triggered exactly. episode. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, the da- and Ahsoka Tato is obviously not going to kill the Aggo, Damian Wayne style. Well, obviously not. She's a baby. <laughs> yeah. she <laughs> Mother of the year shit for t- her mom taking her hunting that young. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You got you to push them into the woods when they're very young. <laughs> Just get out of there. See what you can do, little one. <laughs> but anyway, that aside, um, so 
I'm pretty sure you are aware of what our Halloween episode is going to be about, Hannah. You'll still tell us anyway, so please. Mm -hmm. So, for this episode, we will be talking about, like, basic creepy shit, like ghost stories, urban legends, cryptids, even special events that are very supernatural in origins. Like, for our last episode, um, I know a lot of people are going to be asking, why aren't we going to talk about zombies? We literally did we a... We uh, covered the zombies and the diseases and stuff last year. Yeah, if if you guys want to know more about our reaction to the Blackwing virus, all that fun stuff, you could actually watch that episode, which I will put a link in the description of the video. Um, or some sort of prompt in the video. Anyway, um, so I know this subject is kind of vague, sort to speak. That's because, um, actually, before we get into that, like in our, why, let me ask you, Hannah, why is Halloween such an important holiday for us? Well, growing up as kids, for us, it was like, you know, oh, we get to dress up and go trick-or-treating. Yeah. You know, we're getting free candy. As adults, it's more uh, laid back, I would yeah. say. I mean, you, know, I just... you could still go to Halloween parties and get drunk, have fun, dress up. But, you know, for us working adults, <laughs> I have to go to work. Yeah. So. I mean, that, I mean, sure, that is that. Um, but what I'm talking about, like, why are there such things like ghost stories or uh, folk tales or, I don't know, like, I guess say... Uh, a uh, popular term I could fall back to is like creepy pauses. Why do s scary stories exist? Like, do they exist because it reminds us of the unknown out there? Or is it there to remind us of our mortality? Or is it just shits and giggles, stuff like that? Some of them could be for shits and giggles. Some of them could be very well to just scare you. It's like, it's like watching horror movies and going to haunted houses during this time of year. You go to get scared. Yeah. And it's fun. It yeah. gets the it gets your blood pumping. It gets the adrenaline going. Even though you do get scared, you can once you like recover from the shock, you can go into like hysterics but laugh your ass off. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's very fun. Like uh I'm a I'm a film major and one of my uh favorite uh genres aside from sci-fi is horror. I love horror so much. Like one of the most, uh, I want to say, underappreciated movies of all time is The Thing, which is made by uh, John Carpenter, the same guy who does Halloween. Um, it's a really great horror flick. If you guys love horror movies, love practical effects, go watch The Thing. It is amazing. It is a really good movie. The prequel wasn't as good. Yeah. I haven't watched the prequel, but anyway. I've only seen the pieces. <laughs> it was not that good. Yeah. Um, it was heavily dependent on CGI. That's fair. Um... Where was I going with this? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, um, like, uh, and it, these sort of things kind of made me wonder, is there like ghost stories or cryptids or, you know, scary shit in Star Wars? Obviously, we know that ghosts exist I was going to say, Wars. we're going to get well actually in the comments. Yeah. Get, force ghosts are a thing. I am aware. Both commenters. light and dark. Yeah. We know this. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, stuff that we truly don't know about. Like, maybe we know certain aspects of it, but we don't know where they came from. We don't know how they came to be, and we don't know what caused it, that sort of thing. 
or just general spoopy stories that spread around uh, the local inhabitants and just, ooh, don't, don't go to that location, otherwise you're going to be haunted in the middle of the night or something like that. And from my research, there's not that much cryptids in Star Wars, unfortunately. Like, there's no Mothman, there's, there's no, no Bigfoot, Bigfoot there's no Chupacabra. Yeah, but, I mean, Star Wars is a huge place, so I can understand why there wouldn't be that many unknown creatures, but it's it's kind of a disappointment. But anyway, that's uh, semantics. But there um, are still spooky, scary things that lurk in the dark. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, creepy things in Star Wars. I'm going to go more into the scary implications instead of the scary surface level stuff like for example Darth Vader could be the subject of spooky ghost stories because probably he's just this armored cloaked figure that looks like the devil at night that sort of thing oh and like how you've mentioned with your monologue with Mandalore the Phoenix yeah he's quote-unquote saw a devil sitting on the throne yeah when in reality that's Maul anyone who doesn't know who Maul is, or what is a brack is, could see him as a devil. Yeah, exactly. Um, that will be a uh, promotion for a future video later. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I saw it the I saw good. the preview. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's still in development, but you'll be seeing it very soon, folks. Um, but anyway, let me get into the main meat of the episode. So, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of ghost stories. We know ghosts exist, all that supernatural shit in Star Wars. I mean, the, the Inquisitor storyline in Svator, you eat four of them. <laughs> and Valkorian. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, where was I? Oh yeah, so there's... So one of the things I can't... I'm going to actually start with a thing that kind of inspired me to do this episode. Um, from a new Lego game, ironically enough. Um, really? Yeah. So, I think you'll find this pretty interesting. So, amongst the streets of Tatooine, um, during the last decade of the Clone War, so prequel era, sort of. Okay. Um, there is this random Freepio protocol droid, which is, looks like C-Freepio. Mm-hmm. They're, they're called Freepio protocol droids. Um, I can't <laughs> The mayonnaise <laughs> droid is bothering us. <laughs> anyway, um... So there's this random Freepio protocol droid um, that's been given the name code Nobot. Hmm. And, I mean, that's yep. kind of the, uh, <laughs> the name that the uh, locals give to them. We don't know what its real name is. And it's just, just wanders aimlessly and with, just wanders aimlessly through the streets of Mos Espa, which is like one of the main cities of Tatooine. Yeah. Um, and there isn't exactly much known about it, except that it's seen as a very resilient unit, because assumingly it's been wandering the streets of Tatooine for an unknown period of time. It's just still chugging around. Hmm. Um, though this unassuming droid would be the subject of numerous stories with numerous vendors indulging any who would be interested in listening. One story told of its origin as this droid unit witnessing the death of a young pregnant woman. Others believe that the droid was the murderer of a woman, but point is, it it was assumingly traumatized by this experience and it just wanders around Mos Espa, just... Uh, kind of like a, uh, a uh, lifeless zombie of sorts. I was thinking, it sounds almost like, you know, like La Llorona, almost. Yeah. Like that urban legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
There are signs of scorch marks from blaster fire, and some people say that it has been covered in dried blood. That's freaky. That is very freaky. This droid would rename Anonymous, for even its serial number had been scorched off, so they don't even know what unit number it is. Wow. Yeah, and... This droid is very anonymous. Yeah. Its communication module would be known to play back a recording of a woman screaming. That's terrifying. And then it would end with static, and then it would replay the the, uh, woman screaming over and over again. Oh, that's freaky. It is, it is. Um, Especially, of all places, on Tatooine. You know, the the scum and villainy mm -hmm. capital, uh, one of the scum and villainy capitals of the galaxy. Yeah, as Obi-Wan likes to say... The hive of scum and villainy. That's what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just couldn't find that word. Yeah, no worries. But thinking of something like that, especially, you know, the, the voice module of just a woman screaming and it's supposedly covered in dried blood. Yeah. That is fucking terrifying. It is pretty terrifying. That's not something you want to run into oh, in no. the middle of the night. <laughs> no, you definitely do not want to meet this droid at Bag Alley. No. Um... There are even some stories of his droid just walking into the into the deserts of Tatooine aimlessly, as if it's looking for some sort of missing purpose or something like that. And there are stories of of young sand people finding the droid, and they decided to use it as target practice. So they would take out their guns, shoot at the droid, missing it, and they would also find the guns inexplicably jamming on them. That's weird. Yeah. And then there would be swoop gut bike gangs that would find the droid and they decided, hey, we're going to ravage that protocol droid and they would ready nets, they would ready bludgeoning weapons and everything like that and the, and before they could even hit the protocol droid, their the uh, engines of their swoop bikes would just malfunction. So this bot's cursed. Yeah. Also, um... There are also stories of farmhands, bored young farmhands, finding this droid and deciding, eh, we're kind of bored. We're going to take this protocol droid, throw it into the, uh, into a canyon or throw it into the Sarlacc pit and see what happens. <laughs> and afterwards, uh, you know, they just throw it in there or whatever. The next, the, a couple of days later, they find the very same droid just wandering the deserts unarmed. That is so freaky. Yeah. It's like this droid is not... It's almost like a ghost. Yeah, almost. That That's freaky. Yeah. And these stories create rumors that Nobod may have supernatural qualities. It may have like a dark side spirit inhabiting it, protecting it. I can see that. Yeah. Though to this day, assumingly, it continues to wander the deserts of Tatooine just... You know, people just keeping clear of it, like, we don't want to associate with that droid. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> just bad juju, bad juju. Also, it doesn't specifically say this in the lore, but I also like to point out that there's no mention of this droid being picked up by the Jawas. Yeah, especially on Tatooine of all places. Yeah, like, the, the Jawas... Jawas probably get a bad vibe from it and it's like, no, 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 no. Like, let me, <laughs> let me emphasize how scary this is. Like the Jawas, the very same people that would pick up random droids that were trapped in the desert or whatever, pick up droids that were already owned by somebody, and then sell that very same droid to that same person. They're, they just look at this droid and they're like, 
No way. That, no. It, oh, did he? Yeah, it's it, it's spooky. It's really spooky. Yeah, uh, if, even if the Jawas won't touch it, that's something that you do not want to fuck with. No, exactly. That's just bad juju written all over it. It is. And and let me get back to what I meant earlier. Um, Nobot actually does appear in a side quest of a new Lego game. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, I can't remember the exact mission, but assumingly you go into a house and this droid is just, just standing there menacingly (laughs) (laughs) and like oh i didn't know about this droid that's pretty cool and that's why i decided to do this episode because i thought that would be pretty cool that's an interesting little tidbit also um a nice little behind the scenes thing um you could actually nobot was just some random background protocol droid in episode one on tatooine really and there was a uh, contest where people would give a backstory to background characters and that was a backstory that was written for bad droid that's cool it is very cool yeah but anyway it um, gives the fans a bit more creativity to add into that, the wide the, galaxy <laughs> that's one of the things i appreciate about star wars fans like you look at this random background character nothing significant but yet they have a backstory to them that's the same thing that you can come up with with your own characters in Swator. Yeah, exactly. It's like they give you a basis for the background, but it's yours to create. Yeah. But yeah, that's just one result of a spooky ghost story of that originated from a random background character or thing in episode one. That's surprising with the creativity. Yeah, exactly. Um, next, we have the Dusty Duck. It's basically this crumpled... <laughs> <laughs> I know. The, the, <laughs> the Dusty Duck. What the fuck? It's, his, uh, it's the name of his crumbled together piece of shit ship. Let me actually show you. I can't see. Yeah, it doesn't appear in the Phantom Menace itself. It actually appears in, in a uh, deleted scene. Where, of course. Uh, yeah, Anakin was saying goodbye to a couple people. Then this probe droid follows him. Qui-Gon slashes apart with his lightsaber. Realize that somebody is after them. So they run away. And they head towards this uh, interesting looking ship. And that's basically the deleted scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the backstory behind the Dusty Duck is. Um, it was Dude. designed by this uh, Pillowak smuggler named uh, Namish Diem. If you don't know what a Pilowak is, you remember the uh, the uh, the uh, long lips singer from uh, Return of a Jedi, who's Zero's lover. Oh, right. It's, that's that. That's race. Okay. Yeah. Um, during the last decade of the Clone Wars, uh, Pilowak decided I'm going to make myself a ship on Nar Shadda so I could get me and my daughter out of there and explore the galaxy. <laughs> and it. It was a piece of shit ship. Um, it looks sh- like a piece of shit yeah. ship. Um, the ship was constantly unreliable, and it would often halt in the dead of space and just crash on a nearby planet. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and it was extremely large for a light freighter. It's called a light freighter, but it's way bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It, it's like calling a semi-truck a uh, SUV. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, and it was called the Dusty Duck. Basically for its unreliability and after a waterfall native to Naboo. Hmm. 
So yeah, ducks do exist in Star Wars. I was gonna say, do dust do ducks <laughs> do ducks exist in Star Wars? Apparently they do. And it's basically the idea Whack. of ducks are ducks aren't meant to fly, at least not for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um It's interesting. Yeah. Though its ownership would soon pass on to the smuggler's daughter, Anissa, after her father got stabbed in the back by a disgruntled customer. Oh, that sucks. And she was like, son of a bitch, I'm going to plot my revenge against you. And she piloted the ship all across the galaxy to, you know, avenge her father's death. And long story short, she ran into a uh, a uh, beginner bounty hunter in a bar who killed the person that murdered her father. And, and she's all like really indebted to this bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. She's all like, I, I, I know my ship is a piece of shit. But I could I could be your pilot, and we could go travel the galaxy and go <laughs> for bounties and all that. And just to give you an idea, this uh, this bounty hunter's name is Rango Tell. He's uh, another random background character um, in, okay. in Phantom Menace. He has this really weird suit. Think of like the uh, uh, the old astronaut spacesuits. Hmm. Yeah, it's really weird. And apparently, um, he was he believed that his suit was Mandalorian armor. <laughs> so yeah, like that dude is fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And their adventures would lead them to Tatooine. Of course. Yeah. And this was like a hey, we're gonna accept this job to kill this guy on Tatooine. This will be my very first job. And with as, this- as, Kit, as Kit would say. Why Tatooine? Everybody goes to Tatooine. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody goes to Tatooine. Anyway, um, so this guy, believing that he has this best scar armor, which could stop lightsabers and shit, and he's like, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna this is gonna be an easy job. And he finds the target in an alleyway, and he gets gunned down instantly. Well, no shit. Yeah. And in the meantime, DM, um, you know, just uh doing her own thing, she commissions a bunch of uh, pit droids to help repair her ship. And in, in that deleted scene, but there's like a bunch of pit droids crawling over the ship, you know, doing repairs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a unfortunate set of circumstances. Darth Maul, um, he was viewing the pro droid that, you know, got cut in half by Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. And before the light of light, the uh, flash of a lightsaber... He noticed the dusty duck in the background, and he know and he figured, okay, that's where they're hiding the queen. So he goes to the ship, and he interrogates the already terrified smuggler. He's like, "Where the fuck is the queen? Where is the queen?" And she's like, "I don't know. What queen are you talking about?" Jesus. And, and Darth Maul was like, "Fuck this!" And he killed her. Of course he did. Yeah, and then after that, um. The pit droids, having nobody to direct them or have them cancel their orders or anything like that, they kept on working and working and working on the ship until it was basically repaired to perfection. And this started a local ghost story where a bunch of the inhabitants like, well, that's a very strange ship. I mean, we see a lot of pit droids, but where are its occupants? It's that's that's creepy. It's they assumed it was a ghost ship because, uh, you know, there's no pilot, there's no occupant, there's only pit droids. We never see any of the occupants. Just that—that's fucking weird. That's we freaky. don't want to go anywhere near that ship. Just don't touch it. Yeah, don't Leave touch it, it. Leave it alone. 
And there it continued to stay. Nobody having the nerve to brave the haunted ship, and it would never fly again. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Very unfortunate set of circumstances, though. Very. Yeah. Um, and yes, in case anybody is wondering, and if there's that actually fan, there are ghost ships in Star Wars. I, I think I've heard of some in Swator. Yeah. Just, like, in passing. Yeah. This is a particular one that uh, I remember at the top of my head when I uh, I wasn't deep into Star Wars or into D&D, but I remember uh, buying a old RPG book a while back. I just bought it because it looked cool and mm-hmm. a lot of neat little lore tidbits. There's this droid starship called the Celestine. Basically, it was a warship designed to be operated purely by droids, and it was equipped with the largest droid brain in the galaxy at the time. And after construction was complete on the ship, it was meant to take its maiden voyage, you know, like the Titanic would yep. do. And, Did it and sink with a like lot of fanfare, huh? Did it sink like the Titanic? Um, nobody really knows. <laughs> um, it jumped into hyperspace, and it would never arrive at its destination. So like the Titanic. Yeah, but, you know, we don't know what happened to it. It's also a, a possibility that it might be just a myth because there is no record of a Celestine being commissioned, let alone being built. That's freaky. Yeah. And there are many stories told by spacers throughout the ages who claim to have seen it uh, as they're jumping into hyperspace. Hmm. Or, in some cases, they even see the ship right next to them in hyperspace. Maybe it's piloted by the Star Weirds. <laughs> Maybe the Star Weirds got a hold of it. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> and there's also, like, a, if you, it's like, if you ever see the Celestine in the middle of a battle, that's bad juju, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Bad omen. Bad yeah. juju. Yeah, I, I always like the idea that there's this droid ship just wandering around in the galaxy causing ghost stories like the uh, Flying Dutchman would. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, and yes, funny that you mentioned the Star Wars because we're actually going to talk about them. Star Weirds. The Star Weirds. <laughs> have, you, have you seen pictures of them? I think you showed me them once. But I don't remember. Well, in case, let me uh, bring them up real quickly. Here we go. Just this. That is so freaky. It is very freaky. He, he reminds me a little bit of a, uh, if Slenderman had crack throughout his entire life. <laughs> if Slenderman was a crackhead, maybe. <laughs> but anyway. um. Yeah, the Star Weirds are weird. Very appropriate moniker. Um, They're freaky. Yeah. They're one of the many horrors that you would have to worry about in hyperspace. They're probably not that common, but it's like, I could imagine it's like one in a million chance. Probably. Something like that. Um, It is a incorporeal humanoid figure. And as you saw, it has white hair. It has glowing eyes. It has sharp talon-like claws. And no matter where it is in the ship, its hair always floats like it's in the sea or something. That's that's scary. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to run into that. Yeah. They usually appear to spacers that are in the middle of repairing their ship or even aboard ships traversing hyperspace. That's freaky. Yeah. And upon sighting it, it would emit a telepathic scream 
that ter- that terrifies its victims, causing them to run away from it. Well, duh. Yeah. So it's basically like a uh, space banshee. Yeah. After that's issue- a good that's a good uh, synonym. Yeah. Space banshee. Space banshee. <laughs> after uh, <laughs> after issuing the shriek. The Star Weird would attack its victims using its extremely sharp claws, and it would set its eyes only on that target, ignoring everybody else around them. So at least some people had a chance to make it out alive. At least. Um, Volva but if you Star- were its target, you're fucked. <laughs> Volva Star Weird seemed to hold particular hatred towards Force users. Oh, that's yeah. not good. And... Since they are also Force users themselves, they are capable of utilizing Force Lightning. That's weird! And they could also drain the life force of their enemies. What the fuck? Yeah, it's called Force Drain. That That's weird. Yeah. Um, Star Weirds themselves... Um, How are they Force sensitive? There is a couple theories that they may be just pure manifestations of the dark side. Others also theorize that they're reincarnated versions of ancient Sith spirits. Hmm. But those are just theories. Though they apparently do have a a uh, ranking structure of some kind because there hierarchy? is a hierarchy. Thank you. Um, because there is such a thing that exists called the Star Weird Queen. Of course. Yeah, and the only time it would appear was. Uh, during the events of Swator, when a when the Jedi Council was out and about, of course, and uh, a Jedi Master just fuck off, bitch. <laughs> fuck off, run, bye, no. be gone, fight. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I want to briefly mention. Um, there is such a thing called hyperspace madness, which. It's more of a superstition than anything else. Basically, if you stare into hyperspace for too long, you go insane. I can see that happening, possibly. Yeah, but I you know, think... just looking at the stars whizzing by, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> my brain! But, like, I say it's a myth, because there's plenty of Star Wars characters that just look into hyperspace without any ill effects. Yeah. It's just like... Okay, it just sounds like something that would prevent, like, it sounds like something pirates would tell, like, young crew members, don't don't look out the window while we're going into hyperspace. That's fair, yeah. Because you always see, like, uh, Darth Vader looking into the void, you see Ahsoka Tano looking out into the void, you see all of these characters, like, how are you saying after that? Yeah. But, you know, semantics. Um... We talked a little bit about hyperspace, but that's not the subject of what I'm about to talk about. It's basically its own dimension when you go faster than the speed of light to traverse the galaxy. Really? Yeah. Um, there is such a thing called other space. It is a pocket dimension which lies beyond both real space and hyperspace. While it's described as a vast expansion of... It's basically the entirety of real space, except in a in a gray color hmm. yeah it it's just a wide expansion of storm gray nothingness that's freaky it does uh, although it does indeed contain color nebulae and stars which are described as shining holes of darkness so it's like a color negative yeah. of the of space yeah that's a that's a good way to describe it actually yeah that that's weird yeah Within it, it does have life. However, most of it is just dead. 
because uh, there's this one race. It's an insectoid race called the uh, Charon. Mm-hmm. You know, like the like the the ferryman of the dead. The ferryman of the dead. Thank you. Who live on? <sighs> bless you. Thank you. The Charon live on this planet that's right next to a black hole, which causes huge amount of stress to the Charon as a race, and this stress manifests into their culture, which has given rise to a death worshipping cult. Oh, almost sneezed again. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, the, the purpose of a Charon is that they believe that it is their sacred duty to speed all life towards the void of death. That's freaky. Meaning it was the goal of a Charon race to wipe out all life, including themselves. <laughs> Kamikaze. Yeah. The Charon developed space travel, and they would spread their message to all of the other space. And currently, there is nothing in other space. I was just going to say, input picture of Ahmed here. <laughs> There are a bunch of barren and lifeless planets that the Charon went to and just genocided into oblivion. Wow. And currently, as far as we can tell, there are only... Yeah, even their home world is lifeless at this point. So they killed themselves, too. However, there are only a few remaining Charon ships just searching the outer reaches of other space to ensure that... That, you know, all life is truly dead. What's going to happen kill, to them? Before they kill themselves, probably. Ah. They they have a very nihilistic existence. <laughs> but it, just the fact that there is a pocket dimension in Star Wars, that's pretty brain-throbbing. I mean, you remember the giant gelatinous cube we talked about yeah, in the Gods and Demons yes. <laughs> The world, yes. Yes. <laughs> that's not that weird compared to that fucker. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> okay, out of the pocket dimension shit and back into real space. Um, there's the Kefal Rift, which is a unique nebula that exists in the Outer Rim within, I know, the Kefal region of the Outer Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was infamous for being extremely dangerous to navigate through with anyone experiencing anything from basically hallucinations. Like the most common hallucination one experiences is spiders and insects crawling all over them. Ew. Yeah, and it's greatly enhanced when you're a force user too. Oh no. Yeah. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of really weird shit in the Kafal Rift, which I don't have the time to cover in this episode, but it's a very freaky place. Praise. <laughs> the place. It's a very fr- freaky place. Yes. I think there's, so there is an entire novel series where Luke Skywalker and a son of his go to the Kefal Rift. A son of his? How many kids did he have? A fair point. (laughs) He had one, I think. Uh, Ben Skywalker, I think his name is. All right. Ben, there we go. Um, They basically went through the Kefal Rift to find this uh, sect of Force users called the Anti-Monks. Mm-hmm. And they're the only people that could safely navigate the Kefal Rift. Of course. Yeah. Um, they're pretty interesting. I'll cover them in a different episode, but I'll give you a little teaser, though. The Ainti monks have the ability to travel back in time. Wow. I... How? What the fuck? <laughs> okay, simplified version. It's not really them going back in time. It's basically like... Going back to a simulation of the past. Oh, okay. So they can, you know, change shit and everything. 
they can just see what happened back then. Yes. Okay. And interact it, change it, but it doesn't change anything really. It's not like, you know, the butterfly effect. Yeah, it's not the butterfly effect or back to the future bullshit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're pretty interesting. I'll cover them in a different episode though. Okay. Um, let's see. There are, uh, there's also another weird entity called the Space Wraith. Okay. It's basically a parasitic creature that has the ability to possess the minds of its victims. Freaky. I'll actually show you a picture of it because it looks pretty freaky. Uh, here we go. I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is weird. He has a lightsaber. That's actually his, one of his victims that he's possessing. Ah. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's not a corporeal creature. It only exists in the never realm of a force. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, in their natural state, as I said before, they don't have a corporeal body, but rather they exist as pure thought. Hmm. Yeah. Um, they... I already said that. Um... Once it's dominated its victim through sheer force of will, and it inhabits their brain with their own consciousness. Okay. And let me... Thus allowing the Wraith to utilize its potent supernatural abilities, and if it possesses a Force users, he could use that as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so your good old-fashioned ghost from D&D. Yeah. Yeah. Um... They are very dangerous creatures, as they are capable of overpowering even the strongest of Force users, using its victims' mental defenses to a point where they may, may actually see things like shadows and shapes within their peripheral vision. That's freaky. Yeah. Create lifelike hallucinations, like maybe they tr put a wall in front of you that actually isn't there. Damn. And, and it's also, it is possible to kill a space wraith. But only through the death of its host. I was going to say, you probably have to kill their host. Yeah, probably. Um, however, um, the Wraith does have a sense of, uh, of self-preservation. That's what I was going to say. Oh, right. And it would counteract this by jumping between hosts. I was going to say, jump ship. Yeah. And this is when it's in its most vulnerable. Because as it's trying to possess the host... The, the person that's trying to possess has a chance of fighting back if it has a stronger will than the Wraith. Yeah. But even then, um, the Wraith does not tire. You can. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It is very fair. Um, that's kind of the interesting thing. I think it appears in a Star Wars RPG book. Hmm. So, yeah. I need to use this in my D&D campaign. No! <laughs> no. Please, dear God. <laughs> The space wraith, yes. No! <laughs> Alright, back to uh, more creepy shit. So, Here's a tip, don't piss off the DM. Yeah, don't don't piss off the main host. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, within... So, we haven't covered much about Coruscant in this entire series, but we all know it's basically a planet-wide city with multiple layers and shit. Yep. Like, imagine... A, Coruscant as basically the Space Needle, but then you have five other Space Needles on top of it. Hmm. That's basically what it is. Like, it's a good way to picture it, but instead of just, you know, one, it's a whole planet. Well, yeah, it's several Space Needles on top of it and spread out. It's Space Detroit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you never actually... So, 
the real surface of Coruscant is like way, way down there. Like there's several levels of Coruscant, I think like of, uh, there's like level one, which is the lowest. Mm -hmm. Then there's 13, 13, so on and so forth. Um, so like, and the lower under, it's called the underworld of Coruscant. And as, <laughs> and as the name implies, sunlight rarely reaches these parts of Coruscant. That's freaky. It is very freaky. And on the lowest of the lowest level, where you could probably, you know, touch the actual surface of Coruscant. Um, if it there, exists. It, yeah, if it exists. Um, there is this very creepy race called the Kafan. They're basically... Uh, what's it? They're also called the Traglodytes. You're going to have to show me a picture. Yeah, yeah. Imagine... Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to show you a picture. They're really freaky looking. Almost like Varagul. They look like... Let's see how to describe that. They look humanoid, but they have reptilian heads. Yes. That's weird. Yeah. And there's actually a very creepy backstory to them. Um, so basically the Kafan were descended by humans, just normal everyday humans like you and I can. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they committed crimes on, you know, the upper levels of Coruscant and the, the nobles were like, we're going to give you the worst punishment imaginable and we're going to send you to the lowest levels of Coruscant where you will be isolated forever. I mean, that's probably the reason why they look the way they do. They haven't yep. been exposed to sunlight. Yep. Um, let's see. Not surprised. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they were blind. Oh, yeah. Because that's what happens when you don't get sun. Yeah. The, the way that they describe them is really freaky, though. They resemble decaying corpses with loose flaps of skin. Ew. Stingy, dirty hair and a lipless mouth with sharp teeth. Ew. And... Probably over more than thousands of years of unnatural evolution, however you want to look at it. Um, the, their very skin would grow over their eyes. And to an observer that looked close enough, they could actually see the eye underneath, just looking around furiously underneath it. You know what I'm picturing? What? The pale man from Pan's Labyrinth. It's, oh, yeah. But instead of the eyes for hands, it's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm picturing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is very freaky. That's um, weird. Yeah, and apparently... Take a shot every time I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, they're defined as semi-sentient. Huh? Like uh, they have some form of sapiens. They could use primitive tools and all that, but I don't think they have a language of their own as far as I'm aware. For, for me, it just looks like they communicate with screeches. Like, Most ah! likely, yes. Yeah. Um, if a kafan would be the result of numerous like uh, horror stories that you would tell to children. Like, don't break the rules, otherwise we're going to send you to the lower levels of Coruscant. That's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah, it is very mean. I mean, different times, <laughs> even back in our own modern day. Mm-hmm. I always, have you ever watched, uh, I know I'm getting off track a little bit. Have you ever watched uh, uh, Monster Quest before? No. All right. It's basically this TV show where they uh, go out to try and find cryptids like the Mothman and all that. Mm -hmm. um, out in Ohio, there is this version of Bigfoot called the Grassman. And 
it's like a result of his folk story where they're always all like, oh, don't go out past free, otherwise the grass man will get you. That's freaky. Yeah, it is. It, it's very res- reminiscent of uh, of stories that you would tell to your children today. Yeah, it's like, I was never told those kind of stories as a kid, but it was like, yeah. I would hear like, you know, don't go out or else, you know, the banshee would get you. Or, yeah. you know, don't go into the bathroom when it's dark and say Bloody Mary in the in the mirror three times. Oh, yeah, that's common superstition, yes. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Um, <laughs> that sent you back, didn't it? Oh, yes, it did. Oh, man. Um. Anyway, um, speaking of uh, childhood ghost, ghost stories, um, there is a mythology from Karelia of the urban legend of Lord Nyox. Basically, the story of Lord Nyox is that he's seen as basically this boogeyman that would abduct children in the middle of the night. Of course, that's a yeah. typical don't go out at night, stay in bed. It is, it is. And for the Karelians, who are basically an entire planet of Han Solo, that's, you know, does his job pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord Nyox would be commonly described as either a monstrous pale ghost or in nearby the... the the uh, original trilogy era, it would, he, they would be described as a uh, man shrouded in a black cloak with sickly yellow eyes, a hooked nose, sharp teeth, and long nails. That sounds like their typical discus- description of a witch. Or good old Papa Palpatine. Yeah, good old Papa Palpatine. <laughs> and uh, funny enough, this uh, legend amplified near the end of the Clone Wars, where the story of Lord Nyox would be associated with Darth Vader, who would appear to steal and kidnap and kill four sensitive children in the middle of the night. Well, duh. Duh. I mean, the Inquisitors are proof of that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, But yeah, that's just one of a couple of childhood ghost stories that I could find in Star Wars. That and the Kafan. So at least Um, they're actually, you know... Like, ghost stories mm-hmm. in Star Wars canon. Yeah. Um, last story I'll actually discuss. The Night Sisters have their own folk tale. It's called The Wild Hunt. Yes, it is based off of the, the real actual story from The Wild Hunt. Mm-hmm. I haven't done research on the actual event, but it's basically like the devil leads a cadre of horsemen into the woods or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's very similar it was said that once every year, one of the four moons of Dothamir were at their brightest, and the snow of the slopes of a shattered ridge melted. The famed god, who is the sun, um, would conjure ethereal riders, visible only as dark figures with glowing eyes, and they would come out of the spirit realm, galloping through the woods, shouting haunted calls, and taking any who cross their paths. That's another good reason. Don't go out at night. Yeah. And when you have the Night Sisters, you know, the fucking witches themselves to talk about that story. That's pretty freaky. Yeah, that is freaky. Yeah. Um, Especially because, you know, the fang god, the sun. Yep. He's freaky in and of itself, especially in his gargoyle form. Oh, yeah. That's nightmare fuel. (laughs) Or are you talking about the the, uh, flying creature or the little guy that bit Ahsoka? The, the flying creature, not the little guy. The little okay. guy is freaky, but it's more like just, eh, that's weird. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sun is very, very scary. Um, well, of course, embodiment of the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
I will go off the uh, supernatural aspect of Star Wars, and I will talk about, uh, in real life, aside from ghost stories, aside from horror stories that you hear on the internet, what would have to be one of the most scariest things in your mind? Not talking about ghost stories or creepypastas. Yes. For me, spiders. Or, I... Okay, this is a common fear. A lot of people have this, but a lot of people don't know the name. It's called trypophobia. Mm-hmm. Dare put one of those pictures up, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> no, no, but there's it, nothing related it, to it's that. It's a fear of holes. Yeah, okay, good, good to know. It's, like, specifically for me, it was honeycombs. Okay. That would bother me. Old, dried-out honeycombs. It would just make my skin crawl, and I would want to itch myself. Huh. It's freaky, and I don't know why. But it is okay. a real fear. I wouldn't doubt it, but, you know, nothing related to hoes, but I promise. Um, what I was trying to go with that is, like, uh, like we always talk of monsters, of ghosts, or cryptids, or something supernatural. It could exist, but as far as we know, they're fantasy. Yep. But we have very real fears, like serial killers, mass murderers, dictators, stuff like that. No. Oh. There is also the opposite infatuation with serial killers, murderers, and dictators. (laughs) Dumber. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to be actually briefly talking about a story that is fairly realistic in Star Wars. All right. So during the Clone Wars, you know, numerous Jedi were operating out of the galaxy and they would be called back by the council to take up role as generals and all that. Yep. Um... However, there was this one Jedi, this female Jedi named Vedel Dirnal, who refused because she was hot on this case of tracking down this dark Jedi serial killer. Ooh. And this serial killer's targets would be basically a female Twi'lek. She would always find them cut in half and seared by force lightning. Star Wars Jack the Ripper? Seems like it, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um... And even though she has a pretty important job, the Jedi Council needed every single Jedi for this war effort. So they sent this Jedi Master after her, you know, tracked her down across the galaxy until he corners her on this planet. And, you know, she's trying to get in the bottom of this case. And uh, what's the name of... Karadim is the name of a dark Jedi. Um, And, you know, she's kind of a little bit... Uh, paranoid and delirious at this point and she sees this Jedi and she assumed Karadim I have found you I'm gonna engage you in lightsaber combat and it's like oh god and <laughs> Just, oh shit and the Jedi she's not very good at lightsaber combat spoiler alert um, <laughs> and the Jedi master effortlessly um, disarmed her and he's like okay I'm gonna take you back to the Jedi temple and you're going to engage as a general whether you like it or not and unexpectedly um Vindel Durno uh it almost seemed like she gets right back up and it's not her oh um what the Jedi saw before him is the dark vezer of a of the very uh, dark Jedi that she was after killed him. Hmm. So she was t- she was chasing a ghost. So 
backstory. Um, so this Jedi, uh, Vido Durno, several years before was tasked by the Jedi Council to protect this important smuggler, uh, a guy by the name of Ashtorisko. And over the course of their adventures together, Videl would actually fall in love with a smuggler. Of course. And unfortunately, she came across him in the arms of a Twi'lek. Mm. And she was, you know, just very heartbroken and pissed off at this. In her rage, she murdered both of them. So she's got a split personality. Yep. And the trauma of this basically made her create this other personality who's this dark Jedi. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And then she comes back. She doesn't remember what she just did. And she's like, oh my God, my lover, he's dead. Okay. I need to track down this fucking serial killer, Karadam, and bring him to justice. (laughs) And everywhere she would go, she would find, just so happy to find dead female Twi'lek. Yep. And a Karadam would... Uh, five is Jedi, and for some reason, despite you know being just a normal Jedi, she's able to project Force Lightning with his split personality. That's weird. Yeah, and the Jedi was like not prepared at all for this kind no of. No one would be. Yeah, and he, was, and he was like trying to appeal to her, like, Videl, uh, come back to me. You can't do this. And Akaradon was like, I'm gonna motherfucking kill you. <laughs> and he. He just scorches him in force lightning and takes his lightsaber and cuts him in half with it. Uh. And then at that very moment, uh, Verdem comes back and she's like, oh my god, my, my fellow Jedi is murdered. Okay, I need to find this motherfucker and bring him to justice. <laughs> That's, that sounds like... That sounds like Split. Yep. The movie. Yeah, that it has very split vibes. That was a good movie. That that that's a good plot. That's interesting. No, no, it's like a yes, those kinds of things exist in Star Wars, the split personality and everything, but for a fucking Jedi to have that, that's freaky. Yeah, especially I mean coming out of like real con for real life context, split personalities do come from trauma. Yeah. So that trauma did it was warranted that they create her split personality mm-hmm. her rage you know because jedi are supposed to suppress rage her rage at being betrayed by someone who she loved dearly yeah brought up the split personality yeah and i find that the concept very interesting like in the new canon of star wars we always have like kylo ren and darth vader are like Anakin Skywalker is dead. I destroyed him. It's kind of like, is is he actually an alternate personality or is it just a facade? That's something to think about. Yeah. And it's like, it's a really thing. It's about. a really great thing to actually explore in Star Wars. Yeah, it is. It, Especially like mental healthy, me, like mental health wise. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously the Jedi don't care for mental health. No. It was just, oh, meditate and it'll go away. It will go away. The, the, the monster will go away. Um, and then, uh, let me see. And this will be kind of a brief thing. Um, so there's these, uh, there's these group of surgically um, uh, enhanced people. They're called the decraniated. 
I've seen those before. Those are weird. Yeah. So the decraniated are a creation of uh, the good old criminally insane surgeon, Dr. Cornelius Evazin. Ah, right. The same that guy who uh, made the, uh, the uh, zombie virus in the uh, zombie episode. Yep. yep. He doesn't like you. And I don't like you. And I don't like you. They were basically ordinary people that the doctor just, you know, abducted off of the streets. And basically cut off half of their head and put cybernetic implants into them. Basically making them into living droids. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, here's That's actually sick. It is very sick. And he would like uh, sell the decraniated and I'm, I'm not to... talking sick as in, you know, oh, that's sick. That's cool. No, that is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, yeah, not that sort of sick audience. Anyway, um... And he would sell these creations to the highest bidder, like uh, Drayden Zen. I was going to say, why do I see Dryden Voss having one of yeah, those? Yeah, Dryden Voss literally has some in his vessel. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, of course. And Big he, bougie bitches like that would have some of those. Yep. Here's a really great quote that uh, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, Evazen's work is nothing short of a nightmare. His decraniation process strips a subject of all free will, turning them into living droids carrying out the whims of their creators. It is a crime far worse than slavery, for at least slaves can be freed. The only freedom that awaits the decraniated is the release of death. Yep. Yep. At least slaves still have a bit of their free will. These things don't. Nope. Yeah, just put them out of their misery. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'd rather die than become one of those. Oh, yeah. It's it's pure nightmare feel. It yeah. may not seem much compared to the Space Rave, the Star Weird, or Split Personality Jedi Knight, but still pretty freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, let's actually go back to more Force users. So, there's this uh, legendary Sith figure called Darth Phobos, and I'm sure you know the inspiration of the name. Phobos. For those who don't, Phobos is the Greek god of fear. That is where phobia comes from. Yep. Yeah, as you he can... is the son, the one of the twin sons of Ares and Aphrodite. Yep. And as you can tell, Hannah is kind of a, uh, a uh, Greek nerd. Yes, I like my Greek mythology. And this is what she looks like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um... So she's a member of this race called the, uh, the, uh... The Philian. They're not quite Zabrak. Think of humans with some spikes on their head and hoof-like feet. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, 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 as you can see in the picture, they don't have like the horn, the vestigial horns yeah. that Zabrak have. They have like spikes protruding out of the mm-hmm. sides of their forehead. Yep. Yep. It's weird. It is very weird. Take so, a shot. <laughs> Darth Phobos is the result of an urban myth that was spread between Jedi apprentices. Um, so the story goes, Darth Phobos was born on the Sith homeworld of Korriban, eons before the Clone Wars. Phobos was known as a manipulative individual and as a powerful mental force user, able to control the minds of the weak and force them to, you know, obey her every command. She sounds like an Inquisitor. Oh, yeah. As most Sith do... She would murder many of her rivals in a bid for power. <laughs> you know, normal Sith shit. Normal um, Sith shit. Yeah. 
And Vasiv... Just, just another day in the office. Yeah, just another day in the office. But eventually, the Sith Order got fed up with her shit, and they decided to blow up her ship. Where, <laughs> you know, she was piloting at the time. Um, however, she actually survived that explosion. Hmm. And... She made her own coat, and she ordered the Acolytes to spread out across the galaxy to get more recruits, and to indiscriminately kill both Sith and Jedi. It's like, fuck it, they betrayed me, I'm killing both of you. Yeah, and eventually the Sith kind of uh, realized that Phobos may actually be alive, their failed assassination attempt, you know. Yep. Um, and they actually gave her the moniker of the Hidden Fear. Well, duh. And it got so bad that both the Sith and the Jedi teamed up to stop her and her cult. Wow. Yeah, she was that terrifying that the Sith and the Jedi are like, hey, you want to team up? <laughs> There's actually this quote she says where she's all like, if... When a Sith has a nightmare, they see my face. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Um, and eventually, in this duel between numerous Jedi Knights and Sith warriors, uh, Darth Phobos finally was dead. Finally. However, her coat continued to spread fear across the galaxy for several millennia, but eventually it died down. Wow. Yeah. That's still impressive. Yeah. And her legacy was cemented through one of the many trials of the Jedi, where a simulacrum, which is like a hollow, a uh, hollow representation of a person, all mm -hmm. that, a uh, so simulacrum of Darth Phobos herself would be used in the trial of insight, where the Padawan would have to confront their greatest fears and be taught to see through deception. Huh, I guess Anakin didn't really make it past that. One. <laughs> well, yeah, her, his, yeah his training his was training rushed. Was you never got to see the, the terrifying visage of Darth Phobos. It, that's a good what if. What if Anakin did go through the trials? Yeah. That is a pretty good what if, yeah. Um, so there's that, Sith Lord. Um, and as with most things in Star Wars, there are a lot of foreboding planets out there. Like we have Korriban, we have uh, Droman Kaas... Dothamir. I mean, Korriban Cor and Dromancos are very intimidating planets because there are so many Sith tombs that are supposedly haunted. Yeah, there's like a shit ton of Sith spirits that are restless and just haunting their temples. Yeah, it's not wise to go in there, but oh, they no. still send acolytes in there anyway. You know, why not? <laughs> It'll be good for them. It's fine. Oh, you got it. Possessed by a Sith spirit? Walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> You, I cut you, I cut your knee with my lightsaber, and you didn't scream too much about that. Eh, you'll be fine. <laughs> you got cut in half by a lightsaber, you pussy. I mean, uh, a perfect example for one of the ghosts on Drummond Koss, Kallig, oh. the, the Sith Inquisitor ancestor. Oh yeah, that's right. He was, for, for those of you who don't know about Kallig, he is... One of Tulak Horde's right-hand men. Mm -hmm. He died betraying Tulak Horde. Yep. He was hiding away an artifact. And Tulak Horde was like, this is a betrayal. And he killed him. Mm -hmm. He did not know that he had died when he had reawakened. Yep. When his descendant had picked up their lightsaber. Yeah. He was reawakened. Cool. And 
he started to possess a lot of people. Yay. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, you know, he, as I said, he did not know that he was dead. He thought that he was still alive. Yeah. So he went around possessing and influencing all of these expeditions that were going into the Dark Temple. And it is the job of the Sith Inquisitor to go in and kind of quell the ghost's anger and see what he wanted. Yeah. And there's also, like, numerous other plays that are foreboding as all hell. Like, the dark side cave on Dagobah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> of course. Yeah, there's a lot of locations like that across the entirety of the Star Wars galaxy. It's nothing new. Um, quick little origin story. There's actually a uh, origin be- behind the dark side cave on Dagobah. Really? So, this was, like... Uh, I think this was before Yoda's time or something like that. I can't remember at the top of my head. But there's this member of Yoda's race that was chasing after this dark Jedi. And, you know, they crash land on Dagobah and they have his duel inside of a cave. And the Yoda guy um, murdered the dark Jedi and his pre- pure presence in the dark side infected that cave that they were in. Mm. Which is... Kind of defeats the mystery and intrigue behind the cave on Dagobah, but it's there. No, it's a backstory. Yeah, it is. Um, anyway, back to what I was talking about initially. There are a lot of planets that are foreboding, and there's a certain one told Jan. I cannot English right now. Um, there's, <laughs> Words are hard. Yeah, there's this one called. Jandun, I hope I'm pronouncing that. And it's a planet found in the Outer Rim Territories of a Krovas sector. Okay. And this entire planet is said to be haunted. Um, and it is home to an ancient civilization that seemingly overnight just disappeared. Alright. And there have been rumors that there is a festival of the dead that visit Jandun. And most of the travelers just remained away from the planet after that. Hmm. And then there's other theories that perhaps these this civilization is so advanced, they're living underground, away from everybody else, and just leaving the they remnants of their civilization. They pulled a District civilization. 13. Yeah, they pulled a District 13. Um, however, despite all these rumors, the surface was just abandoned with several remnants of their civilizations like their homes are still standing their buildings are still standing their temples are still standing it's just a ghost town it's just everyone up and left yeah for like several no of the reason ghost towns out here in arizona yeah yeah like a like a tombstone yep tombstone but, is a perfect example yeah like but on a planet-wide example yeah that's freaky yeah it is um it's also theorized that Jan Dune was the homeworld of a Britsrid race. Think of a uh, a uh, humanoid fly person. Ooh, like the fly. Yep, like the fly. Um, though some sources simply say that it was just simply one of their colony worlds. It's not actually their homeworld, so who Fair. knows? Who knows? And apparently there's some treasure on that planet because there's a member of a Britsrid race that's looking for help to find that treasure but we don't get too much into that story unfortunately anyway okay now for the uh really really creepy stuff if it wasn't creepy enough already. if it wasn't creepy <laughs> so 
we talked a good amount about the unknown regions. Yep. You know, it's where Vachis live. It's where a lot of... It's where Ilum is. It's where Zakul is. Where Zakul is. And a lot of weird, wonky bullshit happens. Mm -hmm. Um, However, um, so yeah. The unknown region has, as I mentioned before, has this uh, hyperspace disturbance that makes it extremely difficult to navigate through it. Yep. Like literally trying to... uh, sail through a uh, a uh, hurricane or something like that yeah um amongst the unknown regions there lies a being that is arguably one of the uh, most malevolent and darkest races in all of star wars they're called the null null oh and they are found on this world called mag fallow it is based imagine like a uh a puddle of black ooze. Okay. And it's sentient, by the way. Um, so like the black pudding in D&D. Oh yeah, the black pudding. <laughs> but, you know, creepier and more sentient. Okay. As I'll get into in a little bit. Um, it is, even though it looks like a tar pit, it's anything but immobile. And it could create a multitude of different forms. Like Imagine it could, that thing like slinking down your throat. I'm like, actually about to get to that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it could transform into a lot of different forms. And it is described as slimy to the touch and smelt of sweet rot. Ew. So, so it's it, like molasses. Or rotten egg if you want to go there. <laughs> I'm picturing like disgusting smelling molasses. Yeah. While its form was versatile, it could change into things such as a uh, a quadruped with a massive toothed mouth. It could even sprout bat-like wings to fly around. Um, its more infamous form of movement was the ability to infect and control other sentient beings. Yep, so just down the gullet. Yeah, while it is capable of possessing animals, it preferred to possess sentient beings. Um, if a victim finds himself near a pool of a no-no, the mass would explode outwards, covering the victim in droplets. These droplets would make their way towards the host's mouth, nose, or anything else that could serve as an entrance. Any into the body. orifice. Yeah. Any, any, it could even enter into the victim's pores if it needs to. Oh, ew. Yeah. The no-no would then penetrate the cranium, digest the brain, before moving on to the rest of the vital organs. Oh, yep. it eats you inside out. Yep. And within 24 hours, the victim is dead. It's husk filled entirely with a no-no who have full control over the body. That would not be a good way to die. No, no, it would not. That just sounds like suffering. And in its, in its natural form, it could actually be conversed. And it would speak in an almost dreamlike observation, often in verses, metaphors, or riddles. Hmm. All while speaking many ancient languages, even those forgotten by the entirety of the galaxy. Wow. So it is apparently very, very ancient. Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. Despite that, the Nal Nal is very cruel. Um, as it takes obvious pleasure in the torture of its victims and, you know, transforming them in the inside out. Yeah, that sounds... It almost sounds like... Have you ever heard of the horror movie called The Ruins? Ruins? Uh, I don't think Or something so. like that. It's 
this horror movie where these tourists travel down to like South America and they try to they climb up onto this forbidden like temple. Yeah. And this plant that's there, it infects them mm-hmm. and it destroys you from the inside out. Oh. It is disgusting, yep. terrifying, but a good horror movie. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah. It kind of also reminds me of a movie called The Stuff. I'm not sure if you heard of it. I've not heard of that one. Okay, so I haven't watched it myself, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Basically, it's the idea. Um, I think this entrepreneur found this weird substance. I don't know where, but anyway, it's important. Um, and he decides to taste it. And he's like, this is pretty good. I'm going to Of use- course, if you find something, you always got to taste it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he Shit. decides to, uh, you know, put the stuff into this uh, consumable product that because it tastes very sweet, like ice cream. Oh. And over the course of a movie, it's found out that it's actually a living being, and you could probably predict what happens. Possession. You know, um, it's really, really gory, but um, basically the stuff comes out of their mouth, you know, just explodes them from the inside out. I'm going to Google that. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard it's a really good movie. I'm not into that particularly squeamish, but... It's from 85. Yeah, wow. it is. I'm not particularly squeamish when it comes to gore, but, you know, that, that freaks me out. All right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, it kind of reminds me of that. It's, um, it's, that's an interesting fear to focus on, especially, like, like uh, you're consuming something that you don't know what it is. Yeah. And you could potentially be in danger by it. Uh-huh. Eating you from the inside out. Yep. That's freaky. That is one of my many worst fears. Just, could you... It's kind of the same thing with the uh, alien chess buster. Oh, like, the chess burster. The, why do I say buster? Burster, yes. Um, just having a living organism inside your chest and then popping out. Yeah, just having something inside you that's not supposed to be there. No. That's like, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I... I <laughs> If there, there's many f- ways I would want to die, it would not be that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, however, this is just uh, the uh, the tip of how evil the no no are. Ah. One of its more vile tactics is it would reanimate the corpse of a dead child. And it would be like, Mommy, I'm back, I'm back. Oh, my child. And it would you know, just die and reanimate it again and again. Oh, God, that's horrifying. Yep. But no, no, no matter where it is in the galaxy, is connected with others of its kind through a hive mind, consuming all within its wake. Of course it is. Yep. What creature doesn't have a hive mind? <laughs> Even their presumed homeworld of Mogfowl is lifeless, with nothing but fossilized trees all over, just to, as a reminder that this planet was once alive. Yeah. And there would be rivers. Even the entirety of the ocean was filled with nothing but a no no. Wow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and even in orbit, there would be an entire flotilla of derelict ships forming an artificial ring around it, and it would be possessed by the no no's victims. Ah. Yeah, so it's a very foreboding sight. Like, huh, well, what are those ships? Are. are are, are they dead? Like, oh shit, they're alive. <laughs> and the no-no are, you know, ain't, are ancient enough to recall the Celestials. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, they've been around for that long. They're yeah. ancient. They are really ancient. And there are people in the galaxy that theorize that they might be multidimensional beings. Like, they're not native to this part of the galaxy, obviously. Like Woro. Yeah, like Woro, but more creepy. Yeah. Um, And... The reason, it's also theorized that the reason the Celestials left the Star Wars galaxy was because they wanted to give a fuck away from the Null Null. I don't blame them. And that's the reason why they created a hyperspace disturbance, so that the Null Null can't spread further into the galaxy. Smart. Yeah. However... Just don't let that thing into the galaxy. No. Unfortunately, though, it has, uh, this hasn't stopped it from consuming multiple planets in the unknown regions yeah and there are some traces that it's actually made its way into the outer rim. that's not good no it is not but apparently it's there in the legends version of star wars but you know we're never going to expand on legends anymore legends is never going to get expanded no unfortunately but the vanilla now are pretty interesting they kind of remind me a little bit of a flood from uh halo if you have not played Halo, I've um, not. Okay. Um, never mind. Yes, I'm. I'm, but I'm a nerd, but I'm not that kind of nerd. No, not that kind of a nerd. Um, that's fine. That's fine, though. Um, let me see. Else, uh, so that is Legends. I'm gonna actually dip a little bit into canon, specifically the High Republic era of Star Wars. All right. So we have these creatures called the Nameless. They're also known as the Shirikaria, otherwise known as Eaters of the Force. Okay. So they are creatures that prey on Force-sensitive individuals. Well, duh. Their effects strengthened on a Force user through proximity, basically causing hallucinations, uh, losing one's connection to the Force, or even outright death. That's freaky. Yeah. Um, they're, imagine them like, uh, dark-skinned, uh, uh, dogs, um, that have tentacles around their mouths. Ew. They're like Cthulhu dogs, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously a non-Force user would be able to see them, but for a Force user, Jedi or Sith... They would not know what it would look like because through its hallucination, it just looks like it's it's different for each individual because, you know, the hallucinations are unique. Mm -hmm. Um, But for most individuals, they just see this towering monster built of, you know, tentacles and everything. An, An eldritch abomination. A very eldritch abomination. And they're not sentient. But they do have some intelligence. Like, they know what the Jedi are. And they know where the Force users are and all that. Okay. Um, they're... Oh, yeah. They also bleed black blood. Oh. Yeah. Very, very creepy. While the Nameless were basically gone from the wider galaxy in the last decade of the Republic, stories of the Nameless would continue to be told between Jedi initiates, with Count Dooku himself sharing such tales with Asajj Ventress. Yeah. Um, And according to a holocron, um, it contained the prophecy of a chosen one. The holocron would state that the date that uh, the the sins committed against the nameless could only be retributed through the mass sacrifice of multiple Jedi. 
And the same holocron would go on to say that the dangers of the past only remain dormant and the entire galaxy will be at threat once the darkness has been unleashed from the sins of the nameless. Hmm. Thus, when the force itself fail, falls to corruption, a chosen one would come, fatherless, and ultimately restore balance to the force. Well, that's what Anakin was supposed to do. Yep. That didn't work out. I mean, if you think about it, the mass sacrificing of multiple Jedi by the same... Die the sins of a nameless. Uh, fair. Yep. So I think they're a, a neat, creepy addition to the canon version of Star Wars. Very. Yeah. Um. We're. This episode has gone along a lot longer than I suspected it would, but I'm going to uh, top it off with this unique story. So, um, tell me, who is your favorite Dark Lord of a Sith? <laughs> I have a list. Oh, yes, you do have a list. I mean, if I had to narrow it down to top... I'll, I'll do five. Top okay. five. Okay. Valkorian. Mm-hmm. Valkorian, Vitiate, Tenebrae, whatever you want to call him. Yep. Valkorian. Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Thanaton. Uh-huh. Mar. Uh-huh. And... I'm kind of tweed beti- or kind of tied between Zash and Barris for five. They're both really cunning Sith lords. Yeah. Um, now, if you were a creator, how would you go about making your Dark Lord of a Sith? Like, not one of those uh, Darth guys, but like the big honcho Dark Lord of a Sith. Uh, you know, like the like the big big bad. The big big bad. Yes. Are you talking about who I think you're talking about? No. This is completely out of left field. Huh. I... I don't know. Okay. So, um... The creators decided... Okay. Actually, let me get into the story. In 1750 years before the Battle of Yavin, there was, like, this conflict between the, the Republic and the new Sith Empire. You uh-huh. Know? Um... And there is this individual, the new Dark Lord of the Sith at the time. And it was this individual called the Dark Underlord. And he would be the subject of huge prominence in the galaxy. So the Dark Underlord, now you're probably thinking he's probably a powerful individual that's a human or maybe some alien that's orphaned by the Jedi, something like that. Probably. Nope. He's none of those. Is he like a physical manifestation of the dark side? Well, okay, yes, but no. <laughs> you got me thinking Nihilus. Well, actually, okay, it's not Nihilus, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a very good guess. All right, continue. He's a ghost. Well, duh. He's a literal specter of the dark side. Well, who was he? So, what the origins of the Dark Underlord is shrouded in mystery and Sith of folklore. fucking course it is. There are some speculating that he was summoned from the Realm of Chaos, which is basically Star Wars Hell. Yep, Star um, Wars Hell. By a dark side acolyte, while others assumed he was a reincarnated ghost of the first Dark Jedi named Xander. Hmm. But, point is, he is a supernatural 
dark specter of a dark side, and he's leading the Sith Empire as a Dark Lord of the Sith. Okay, that's that's cool. No, no, it's all like, huh? What's what's our next BBEG gonna be? Are we gonna make a, a a human that studied under the dark side for several years? Is he gonna be a horn-headed dude? Is he gonna be this uh, big brain dude who could manipulate the metachlorians? No, we're gonna make a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> As we've said, there are several ghosts, both light and dark, in the series. Yeah, but where are you ever gonna hear a ghost literally taking an active role as a dark lord of a Sith? Never. Exactly. Uh, well, well, okay, Val- Nihilus, probably. Nihilus, yes, but Valkorian, too. Technically. Technically. But, technically, but he was still in a physical body. This guy, he has no physical body. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um... So, um, this dark underlord, by the way, I gotta show you a picture of this guy. I want to um, see a picture of this guy. Yeah. Yeah, my, my guess was Nihilus. Yeah. Um, this is what he looks like. He just looks like the Grim Reaper. Oh, yeah, he does. That's weird. Yeah. Yep, pretty Star cool. Wars Grim Reaper. Despite me of memeing earlier, it's actually a pretty cool concept. Mm-hmm. Just like a literal ghost who's like, fuck the afterlife, I'm gonna take an active role in the real world. Yeah, he's like, fuck death. <laughs> fuck death. What a goddamn chat. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so he garnered a reputation as a bloodthirsty warrior and swelled through numerous battlefields of the new Sith Wars. This dark underlord would found his own group of followers called the Black Knights. Hmm. And these group, uh, they were terrorizing many planets in the Outer Rim territories. Um, he was seen, as he was seen as the greatest friend in the galaxy, there was this one Jedi Master by the name of Meritak. And he was all like, okay, this has got to end. And he decided to lead a personal crusade against the Dark Underlord. Mm-hmm. And he goes to their uh, planet, their, I forget what it's called, but it's, a, uh, it's their headquarters. And with him, he brings an entire army of Mandalorian mercenaries to help him out. Wow. Yeah. So with these Mandalorian mercenaries uh, distracting the bulk of the Black Knights, uh, this Jedi Master engaged in a duel with the Dark Underlord. Wow. Man, he's fighting a ghost. Yeah, he's fighting a literal ghost. Be gone, foot! <laughs> literal <laughs> Ghostbusters over here. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Star Wars Ghostbusters. Star Wars Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so in this duel, eventually the, dark, the, uh, the uh, dark Underlord was slain by the Jedi Master. Now he finally embraced death. However, this came at enormous cost. Of course. Uh, the moment the Dark Underlord died, uh, Master... Where the fuck was it? Uh... Point is, Jedi Master instantly turned to the dark side. <laughs> he was like, fuck you, ghost. Whoa. This dark side stuff is cool. Awesome. <laughs> it just, nothing. Yep. Just like a flick of a switch. <laughs> and it doesn't expand upon what happens to the Jedi Master. It's just... Turns to the dark side, that's it. Of course. Yeah. However, the, the Black Knights, they actually continued to ravage the galaxy despite the death of, the, the true death of their master. Hmm. Um, they actually ravaged it past the extinction of the Sith. Wow. 
Yeah. So even in death, his legacy twice death. His, he, legacy, his legacy still, still is on. And that's our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how many horror stories can I conjure up? <laughs> I did want to mention, give some honorable mentions. Yeah. You know, like like we mentioned before, Droll in the Gods and Deities episode. Yep. He is a bit of an urban legend because it turns out it's actually a separatist super weapon. Or not a super weapon. A, a separatist weapon. Yeah. A laser grid. Yep. And Valkorion is considered to be in Svator, in the expansion, a bit of a a urban legend because yeah. the emperor is not physically there. It's been said, you know, oh, he's long dead. He's just a myth. Yep. So a lot of people don't believe that the emperor is still real. Yeah, and also special mention is Avaloth. I know she's... Oh, yeah. Big Eldritch Abomination, bitch. Eldritch Abomination, hentai-in. <laughs> shenanigans, all that fun stuff. Uh, yes, she is terrifying. Yes, she is a cool villain, but she needs a dedicated episode of her own. She does. We covered yeah. her. Ba- we covered her bit by bit in the Gods, the Gods episode. episode. We yeah. co- we barely mentioned her here, but she deserves her own episode. She does. She does. And uh, thank you everybody for listening to this uh, episode, our special Halloween episode of Cam Manate Skill of Jedi. I've had a lot of fun. With uh, looking at these ghost stories, uh, thank you to everybody who answered in Reddit. Um, I should have gone to a different uh, Reddit server, but anyway. <laughs> um, I'm looking at you, Irk the Turtle. <laughs> but anyway, um, so thank you everybody for contributing. And uh, if you if you found this video and are appreciating the content, why not support us on Patreon? Um, but anyway, um, you want to know what uh, our next episode is going to be, Hannah? Yes. So, we're due for a we're overdue for a uh, very <laughs> for a sequel to a very popular episode. We're going to be covering part two of History of the Sith. Finally, <laughs> yeah, that's our most popular episode, and you know that's the birth of the uh, the uh, Nagaseta running away JoJo family <laughs> technique. You know all that fun stuff. Hopefully we'll see if we can get Kit back for that one. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, I hope you all are having a wonderful Halloween. Uh, Make sure to check under your beds, lock the door, you know, make sure that nobody breaks through your windows. Eh, Probably won't uh, work (laughs) against ghosts, but uh, yeah, just, you know, be prepared. for Give offerings to ghosts for candy. Yeah, and make sure that uh, you're as Chad as that Jedi Master and banish him back to the spirit realm. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful, spoopy year. Stay spooky. And may the dark side of the Force stay with you. (laughs) Of of all eternity. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs)